Sometimes in life you find yourself on the right side of the line, where the skies open up and cast a towering shadow, guarding you from the worst life has to offer. And then... That same sky rips away that warm blanket from your clutching arms and casts it into the night. Now, you are on the wrong side of the line. And that's why I'm here, to keep you in line. A line we call the Dry Line. Screw you, Landon. <laughs> That's right. Screw you, Landon. That's part of the podcast this week. Well, this is the Dryland Farmer Podcast, and I'm your host, Britt Carlson. And along with me, as always, is Landon. Lantost, how's it going? Pretty good, until that insult. Well, you know, I, you get what you deserve. Well, hey, we want to welcome everybody nonetheless, even though Landon is here, to the Dryland Farmer Podcast. We're happy that you're listening to us each and every week. We uh, try to come out with some good comments, some good uh, sketches, maybe even some good commentary on pol- politics, pop culture. Not any politics, really. I just say that because I listen to Michael Medved every week. Uh, no, we talk about ag and we talk about the stupid parts of life that everyone enjoys to talk about behind everybody else's back. You're listening to us and we love that. We want you to continue on those avenues. Listen to us there on Apple Podcasts. Heck, and follow us on Twitter. That's the big deal. You're going to follow the Dryland Farmer Podcast. That's me, and that's at Trader Brent and Landon. No twit, Landon44. No twit, Landon44. Yeah, so follow us on Twitter. Even look, check us out on the Facebook page. That's the Dryland Farmer Podcast. Uh, dot com dot Facebook. I don't know. Just Google it. It's there. So check us out there, and you'll uh, find all kinds of stuff that we don't usually put on our other Facebook page. So, But more things than anything, tell a friend. We really appreciate you just getting out there, and uh, I don't know, even if it's bad, they always say any publicity is good publicity, so if it's bad publicity, talk trash to us, talk trash about us, because, hey, we enjoy the free pub, so we get that all out of the way. This is episode number 27, and we're real proud of this episode. Why? Because we're proud of every episode we do. Otherwise, why would we do the episodes that we do? We've got a new, we've got a new segment this week. And uh, I've, t- I've talked about it with Landon over the last couple of weeks and decided how we we're going to do it. This, and he kind of mentioned to me that it kind of rings a memory of some, what were they, Bud Light commercials, Landon? I don't know what they were for. Anyway, it was a beer commercial, and, um, and it kind of rings a memory of those. But once again, this is still original stuff. But nonetheless, it's called, What Planet Are You From? And uh, this might be a new recurring segment for us, but that'll be in our main main segment here after the uh, after our ad spot and after Radar Ricardo comes on the air to tell us about all the good news that's going on this week here at the uh, Texas Panhandle. But so yeah, what planet are you from? Now before we go any further, we want to reset a little bit of last week's podcast and uh, go back into the uh, 600 pound life, folks, and the uh, zoo that all those people live at. Now, um, we talked about all their trials and travails as they navigated the avenues of health and happiness. Now, some found success, while others just found Subway. Now, it's been argued many times over the years that in America, the reason poor and lower class people are losing the fight with obesity because it's too expensive to eat healthy. Now, Landon, let's just stop there for a minute. How hard do you think they're fighting the fight against obesity? Is it like a David and Goliath thing, or are they... 
Are they fighting against a nine foot tall, you know, Twinkie, and they're just losing the battle? <laughs> I don't know. If... Well, it's kind of hard to put up much of a fight when you can't even get out of bed, let alone <clears throat> get out of your bedroom. Yeah, the whole David and Goliath analogy, you know, I mean, they're, what's in their what's in their slingshot, the remote control? I mean, they're trying Brent, to... <laughs> Brent, this is like if Goliath survived the battle, but he was so upset about being lost that he just went and spent the rest of his life eating and staying in bed. <laughs> yeah, that, that would kind of completely throw the Bible storyline into complete chaos. David, David would probably be caught cheating with a bathtub full of ho-hos instead of Bathsheba. <laughs> you know, he would have, instead of concubines, he would have cotton candy and, <laughs> and a harem full of hot dogs and <laughs> donuts or something. I don't know. That would have been a great time to be alive, Landon. Just, you're the king. You can do and eat whatever you want. Just go off and cut the heads off of a few Philistines every weekend. You know, you're doing your godly duty. But no. So, yeah, the false narrative, you know, that it costs less to go to Arby's and get a four pound roast beef with a gallon of liquid cheese, a bushel's worth of bread and eight pints of some nasty dressing that even Big Macs think is nasty. than it is to go down to Walmart and get a bucket of apples and a shock of carrots. You know, as a matter of fact, Landon, let's do a little experiment. Now, before we go any further in this podcast, let's see if we can prove my point. Now, here on my desk, we have two plates of food. One has an apple, baby carrots, half a head of lettuce, three slices of deli meat, and a glass of tap water. I even threw in, you know, a little ranch dressing to make it a little more palatable. Now, on plate number two, right here, we have a half-pound cheeseburger, medium fries, and a 32-ounce Dr. Pepper. Plate number one rang up the cash register at $3.47. Plate number two came in at $7.45. Now, mind you, plate number two was the hamburger and fries and the Coke. And plate number one was the apples and the carrots and all that nonsense. Plate number two, the crappy food, cost over twice the amount of plate number one. Now, Landon, I want you to take these two plates. And now, I know we live out in the country, but I want you to go out and leave them set on the front porch. And then we're going to wait and see <laughs> what kind of animal, what kind of human comes by, and which plate gets picked up first, okay? Okay, Landon, did you do it? Yes, Brent. <laughs> All right. Do you have the net? <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, Landon, I've already seen it. <laughs> here comes a... Here. Here comes some girl that got kicked out of her sorority after freshman year. Uh-oh. Oh, she's going. What is she going for? Oh, she's sniffing on the kid. No, no, she's going. She Get her, get her. She's got the hamburger. Get her, get her. <laughs> and there you have it. Our experiments is proven. The fast food goes by to the poor, overweight, kicked out of school, no sorority having woman. She didn't go for the carrots. She didn't go for the apples. She's greasing up and hogging down, man. She didn't even leave a legacy. <laughs> you can't get into that sorority without, you know, without legacy and in landed. So, point proven. It doesn't matter. I mean, really. You put a fat slob in front of two plates of food. I mean, you put me, I mean, once again, I'm no Adonis, you know, I'm no Olympian. But if you put any regular American, I won't even, won't even discriminate to the fat people of the world. If you put any normal human in front of two plates of food, one's got a freaking half-pound cheeseburger with, you know, the cheese and the mustard and the pickles and the freaking, you know, the uh, supersized french fries and 44-ounce Coke next to a plate 
<laughs> of Chex Mix and, you know, Trail Mix and some dirt. Who do you, where do you think, where do, who, who's gravitating towards what? Hamburgers have their own gravitational pull when it comes to Americans. It's just, it's just a black hole for the free world. I mean, you can see, you know, you know, there's Pakistanis and Ugandans and people in the Horn of Africa. <laughs> I mean, you think they're going to gravitate towards an apple and, a, you know, gazelle jerky? No, they're going to go for the same piece of garbage of cholesterol that we're going to go for. But nonetheless, that's just kind of a little commentary on why uh, nobody's going to like Landon or me after this podcast is over. So we kind of got all that covered. And uh, I think we've, we've uh, Landon, we thoroughly covered that subject for now. I hope so. We... We've got on the back burner, we've got an idea, and I kind of thought of it today. Uh, we're going to have, in the future, this is what they call a teaser in the business of podcasting and entertainment. It's kind of funny to say that because I never get to say tease anymore. So, um, yeah, new age Boy Scout patches. You, everybody knows what's been going on in the Boy Scouts of America. It's not even the Boy Scouts of America. It's just like BSA. Like, you know, it used to be Future Farmers of America, and now it's just the National FFA organization, and they're changing everything up. Like, you don't even have to. You can be, like, anti-farming and be in the FFA. So, uh, yeah, y'all just keep that and keep that on your back burner, and um, we're going to be coming up with ideas for new-aged Boy Scout patches. It's going to be... I'm not going to say it's PG. It's going to be pushing the envelope is what it's going to be. So y'all keep that in mind. But uh, for this week's podcast, we're going to have What Planet Are You From? And this week, you won't want to miss it because it's our initial and groundbreaking episode of What Planet Are You From? This week brought to you by Colin and Collins Law Firm. Did, you, <laughs> did your transgender son injure himself by trying to tuck his balls up too hard with his index finger <laughs> after his doctor said it was perfectly fine to do so? Well, we're the ones to call because we specialize in malpractice transgendered lawsuits. <laughs> Man, woman, we don't know the difference. <laughs> it's just whatever you feel like. But I don't want to steal the thunder from our advertisers, so that's coming up right now. And Radar Ricardo's giving us a rain report right after that on the Dryline Farmer Podcast. This is a paid advertisement for the Colin and Collins Law Firm, Houston, Texas, LLC. We're only open on Thursday afternoons. Parents, listen to me for a second. Are you a parent of a pre-surgical transgender child? A child with a sex they were born with, but they think, well, that ain't right. So you go online and find the best reviews off of Yelp for any transgendered surgeon that you can find in your local area. You go with the best of intentions to help your son or daughter or son that wants to be a daughter or daughter that wants to be a son. You go through all the due diligence. You do all the proper research and you consult with that son or daughter or son that wants to be a daughter or daughter that wants to be a son and you consult with that surgeon and he gives you a guarantee, a professional and guaranteed work where you'll be completely satisfied only to wake up a week later with a son or daughter or son that wants to be a daughter or daughter that wants to be a son and you hear that feminine but yet guttural scream from the bathroom. What's this hanging off me? Or, what the hell is this? I gotta sit when I pee. Uh-oh, sounds like they did the old should have tacked it on instead of tucked it in routine. We'll make no further moves until you call Colin and Collins Law Firm where we specialize in medical transgendered malpractice lawsuits. Just listen to these great testimonials. This is Stacy from Belleville, Texas. I went in for a tack on and they gave me a tuck in. You tell me, what's a man supposed to do with two JJs? 
Now even a whole fraternity house couldn't satisfy my needs, and now I'm even more confused than I was before. Or how about Mike from Austin, Texas? I went in to get my transgender surgical procedure done for my trusted doctor, and what did I get now? I was supposed to get a tuck in. Now I'm walking around with it twice as long as when I started. You tell me what's a fine dainty little lady supposed to do walking around with a Johnson three times the size of his left leg? Well, thanks to Colin and Collins Law Firm, I got the compensation I deserve. There are many other testimonials just like Mike and Stacy. Call us at Colin and Collins Law Firm, Houston, Texas, LLC. We'll put it back on when they should have taken it off. Colin and Collins Law Firm. Man, this is funny getting off my back. Pizza Gringo. Hey, 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 this is Radar Ricardo de la Serio bringing your Dread Informer podcast weather update. Well, hey, hey, Brent. Are you a little happier now, Bato? Because, I mean, that pizza finally rained, man. I mean, it didn't rain no flood or nothing, but maybe it'll finally get you off of Brownman's back for once, man. Well, hey, here's the forecast, man. It looks all, it's not too bad for a little while, but it's going to get all pizza hot for the weekend, man. It's like mid eight, mid to higher 80s for like the rest of the weekend then. Oh, man, I'm going to hear it all over again, man. Friday 96, Saturday 98, Sunday 97, and you got some little chances of rain, man. So, I mean, don't be get, don't be like conjuring up all El Diablo on my ass anymore because, I mean, you got, what, like half inch of rain this week? I mean, that's like, that's, that's like the total rain you've got for the last like seven months. So, I mean, don't be bishing to me, man. I mean, El Nino, La Nina, they're finally getting it on on a regular basis, man. He's getting, he's, man, he's getting his speech of ashes hauled like on a daily basis. I mean, can you say that for yourself? Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Hey, Radar Ricardo Land, I just want to tell you, I had a little fishing trip last week, man. It was all the race. Man, I caught like, I caught like a dozen catfish, and then, man, we roasted them. Hey, hey Mexicans, we roast, we roast that catfish over the fire, man. It's all crazy. We gotta get kind of local. We find the piñata, and, you know, we, we, we back it around for a little bit, you know? What can you do? Hey, this week's sponsor, finally, an attorney law firm I can trust, man. Colin Collins Law Firm. You have that transgender lawsuit that you're just waiting to sue somebody because somebody, some, some quack doctor, man, he should have, he should have tacked it on instead of tucked it in. Man, that's the only thing he's got in his arsenal, man, is tacking or tucking. Well, you call up Colin Collins Law Firm, LLC. They're in Houston, Texas, Vato. They're here to serve you. And just like them, this is Radar Ricardo de la Serio. I'm here to serve you. And back to you. Diego, man, fire up the piñata. Well, thanks for that forecast, Radar Ricardo. It was finally some great news, man. Like I said, I'd even mentioned in the first part of the episode, but we had four tents out here at the at the farm. That's that doubles our seven month total, Landon. Landon, you had a That's amazing. You had what? Couple tents? Yeah, we had a we had a couple tents last night. We had thirty five hundreds on Saturday night. Yeah, so we're ready to start planting rice here anytime now. Well, uh, yeah, so great news from Radar Ricardo. We hope that um, hope El Diablo stays at bay because as long as it keeps raining, I know it's going to get hot this weekend, but hey, you got to live in the moment sometimes. But before we go any further, let's get into our main segment this week. It's What Planet Are You From? That's right, Landon. What planet are you from? This week's contestant, Mr. Philip Screwdriver Guy. 
all the way back from 1934. Landon, don't you love how we use the same show tune for every segment that requires a special jingle? I do love that, Brent. <laughs> it, it, it shows our versatility in the podcast. Well, hey, what planet are you from? And like we said, this week's contestant. It's a guy that we've all come to know and hate. You know, this guy who invented the fastener so inferior, so useless, so unbelievably infuriating that we had to look into the deep recesses of this poor bastard's background. There's no way someone so sadistically mad in inventing such a crappy product that he could have been born on Earth. We want everyone to meet Mr. Philip Screw Inventor Guy. Well, welcome, Mr. Philip Screw Inventor Guy. How's it going here, Brent? <laughs> well, since you're the moron we've been looking for, we've been wanting to know where you get your inspiration for a screw that is only good for one thing, stripping out. Now, we've all been there, you know, You've just ran out of those flawless, torque-headed screws that you've had no problem with throughout your entire project, but now you find that you've only got four more screws to drill, and all you have left are those shitty Phillips-headed screws. Not only that, it's 4.45, and your very ambitious hardware store closes at 5. Problem is, is that you live 20 miles away from town, and even if you lay the hammer down, you'll never make it in time. Not to mention you have too much pride to show up at the hardware store for a fourth time today. You know all you're going to get is some smart-ass look for some underachieving hourly worker who gets off knowing every single term there is to know about woodworking, but has no idea how to negotiate a GED preparatory course. Speaking of stripping, Brent, how is your mom? <laughs> <laughs> you go get screwed, Mr. Phillips Screwdriver Guy. So now you're forced to go with the Phillips screws. You find your bits, but they've already been stripped. The ones that were guaranteed not to strip... You know, the gold-colored ones. My favorite. <laughs> Turns out, they suck, too. After 45 minutes, you find your wife has a set of unused bits just waiting to be ruined. So you lock and load and hammer down. You actually get the first screw in there pretty flush. Then comes the second. Nice and tight for about 10 spins. And then it slips. And it slips again. Hey, Mr. Phillips Screwdriver, is this how your honeymoon went? Oh, the passion. The forbidden pleasure. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's more than we needed to know, especially sex in the 30s. We know that was always fluidity. <laughs> fluidity. <laughs> it was a knee slapper. Oh, <laughs> uh, that you know that's not how it works, right? Well, I guess not. <laughs> you were still using the flathead, I guess. Is Brent. that what you're... Brett, let me tell you an interesting fact about my about my invention. By 1940, 85% of screw manufacturers were using my style, while the other 15% of those losers were still doing missionary. <laughs> well, you know, some people aren't early adopters, Mr. Phillips Screwdriver Guy. So where were we? Oh, yes, we were on the second screw. So you got about 10 revolutions in there, rotations in there, and then it slips. And then it's like, well, I'm just going to press down harder. And you get another couple rotations, and then it slips. And then it's pretty soon it's just... And it's stripped out. So you find the last bit you've got in your wife's drawer, and you get down to that third one, and you turn, and you turn, and you turn, and it strips out. Because this is the cheap bit. So let's review. The first one, the first screw you got in all the way. You nailed it. You brought her home. The second one, you got about 10 rotations in, and then second base, you get thrown out at third. 
and buy the third one completely stripped out. Pretty soon, all you are is a pimply-faced teenager just fumbling with a bra. <laughs> you know, if you stop and think about it, it's kind of like trying to pick up a girl at the bar, only in reverse. So here's our thoughts on... Uh, do you have anything else, Mr. Screwdriver Guy? <laughs> Well, Mr. Brent, we sure didn't pick up women at the bar. We we met them at the church, and we, we asked your dad if we could take them out courting. Was it not an arranged marriage? Did you not have to go without the ball-peen hammer daughter? <laughs> did, you, did you get hammered with her? You know how it is. Uh, so here's our thoughts on what inspired this guy. This guy sitting next to me to invent a contraption that does nothing but frustrate men of all ages. Here are some of the characteristics of the planet that we think Mr. Phillips Screwdriver guy is from. Now, first of all, we know that this planet is definitely blue. You know, because it's like the blue balls you get when you think you're just about to get the screw locked down. I want to throw up the biggest psych you ever saw. Also, we picture this is a planet where Megan Fox is just about to drop her top and your Netflix goes to buffering. The Phillips Screwdriver planet, where sex is always about five seconds too short. <laughs> A planet where you can tell an awesome story only to find out that you already told it three episodes ago. A planet where everyone is gay, even the animals, which is why the meat is always so tender. <laughs> a planet where you're driving down the road and come up on someone you think you know, preparing to throw them the friendly finger only to find out it's your old lesbian prom date. <laughs> Brent, I'm actually, not to get too far off track, I've actually got a funny story about a friend of mine who was on a ski trip a couple years ago with a big group and he had met a guy. He had met a guy. <laughs> he knew. He knew some of. Like, he didn't know very many of the guys. Anyway, they're all at the bar after they're skiing all day, and so he goes into the bathroom. And at the urinal is this real big guy, and he he just all assumes, good stories start at the urinal. Oh yeah, and so he he's just certain that this is one of the guys in their group from earlier, and so this guy's doing his business, and my buddy comes up behind him and he yells out. This is a stick up and proceeds to jam his thumb right up this guy's bunghole. Oh. And of course, turns around this big guy who he's never seen in his life. <laughs> oh, my. And he has to go, you know, apologize and get the hell out of there. And I'm, I don't know. Did if they he had... wash his hands first? <laughs> sure, I think they had a few drinks later, uh, but I don't. They had drinks later, Landon. I'm not drinking with anybody I know, let alone that I don't know, that stuck their finger up my culo. <laughs> I mean, remind me never to go skiing with you, Landon, and your nasty friends. I think the guy was really insulted that he didn't that that he didn't get two thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, well, at least it wasn't a at least at least it was just a handgun and not a long arm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Landon, you got. I tell you what, white people are crazy, man. Oh, yes, we are. Oh, nonetheless, yeah. So your planet, Mister Phillips Screwdriver Planet. Here's another characteristic. If anything happens at the urinal other than urinating, that's probably a bad sign you're from this guy's planet. Now, before we leave this edition of what planet are you from, we'll give you a little history lesson. Now, the guy that actually invented the thing was not Mr. Phillips. Actually, the guy that bought it was Phillips, Henry F. Phillips. And he gave a good F to the guy that sold him this patent. The guy that actually invented this thing, John P. Thompson. He invented this thing back in the was it the 20s or 30s, and uh, couldn't get it, couldn't get anybody to buy it, couldn't get any manufacturers, any uh, any type of automobile. GM wouldn't have it. He just couldn't get it sold. So he ended up just giving up and selling it to this Henry F. Phillips guy for like pennies on the dollar. And now, of course, you know this Phillips guy 
worked two years on it and sold it to GM and like all these major manufacturers across the entire United States, become a multi multi-millionaire. You know, millions and millions of dollars this guy made. So it's kind of nice to know that the guy that invented this Phillips screwdriver is got screwed just like all the rest of us get screwed every time we think we can get one drilled into a piece of plywood without stripping it out. And it's only fitting that Henry F. Phillips F. John P. Thompson on a screw. Thank you very much. Well, we hope everybody enjoyed that first episode of What Planet Are You From? And for this episode of the Dry Island Farmer Podcast, we're going to close out. And we want to thank everyone for listening in. Landon, we really don't appreciate that story of your thumb-toting, kulo-poking buddy at the ski lodge. But, you know, it, it did help fill time anyway. Neither did the guy at the urinal. <laughs> I would say. So did he, like, bump him in? Did he, like, smush him up against the urinal? I think he just kind of hit him in the backside. Yeah, I know, but from what I from what I learned in physics was it wasn't much. It's you know any object in motion remains in motion until affected by another object, something like that. That's a good point. Who knows? Maybe he had his urinal cake and ate it too. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Landon. Follow him at No Twit Landon Forty Four. You can follow me and the Dryland Farmer Podcast at Trader Brent. And until next time. We're going to cue the music up, and we're going to ask you that ridiculous, overplayed question. What side of the line are you on? The Dryline Farmer Podcast brought to you by Colin Collins Law Firm. Should have been a tuck or a tack. The Dryline Farmer Podcast, all rights reserved, 2018.